I guarantee you there is somebody out there who is upset about Nathan McKinnon throwing his helmet. He's saying, or that helmet wasn't his. Going, it was dangerous! Don't do that! But to me, it was just hilarious. You and I just He's saw like, one where someone edited a Pokemon ball on the helmet, <laughs> which makes it ten times funnier. I think it's called a Pokeball. What I saw say? Pokemon ball? Pokemon ball. Yeah, it's Pokeball, I think. Whatever. I, it, you don't think Pokeball is short for Pokemon ball? All right? I just call it by its, by its actual term. It was the real verbiage. You, of all people, should know. Former I know. Pokemon Go I do player. know. I do know. I do know. God, what a dalliance that was. That week of Pokemon <laughs> Go, showing up at that park and seeing all those people there. God, what an so amazing too. time in my life. Don't ever make fun up. of me for almost joining a simulation baseball league when you were I stand by Mr. that. I looked Pokemon Go. I wanted to know what the trend was about. I went out and checked it out. I was a blast. I had so much more fun with that week of Pokemon Go than you'll ever know. Being at the office and driving people oh, nuts yeah. with the no, game was, was so great. Yeah, I loved that. That was nuts. You crazy? Some real good yeah. spots around the Rogers building, too. Yeah. yeah, that is kind of hard to play for more than a week, but sure, <laughs> to each their own. Some people are still doing it, I guess. Uh Let's ask our next guest if he thinks that there's going to be any punishment for Nathan McKinnon other than maybe a small fine because, okay, small fine, not a suspension, right? CJ, it's Chris Johnson from Hockey Night in Canada, Headlines, NHL and Sportsnet. He does all the things. Bitcoin master. What's up, bro? I like that last one. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think that that will warrant much in the way of supplemental discipline. It was a good meme. Yeah, awesome. it was a good meme. I love it. I really. It is going to be an all-time hockey back. meme. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think that that's going to be now the, the meme is you just put uh, yourself. It'll just be like me and then some piece of information that was unwarranted over the helmet. And then the person <laughs> yeah. who delivered it as Nathan McKinnon. That's the meme from now on. Uh, OK, so yeah, happy opening day, buddy. Yeah, this is uh, this is a good one. I don't know what the season's going to hold. Are they going to play the game? Did I hear it's yes. raining or no, something? Yeah, no, it's, it's drizzling. Just, put the tarp Listen. on. It's a little drizzle. Get out yeah. there. Play ball. Adam Stiles, Good. who's now like our boss, maybe? I don't know. He was in my yeah. DMs, former weatherman at, uh, <laughs> at City oh, boy. TV. City Styles News. is going to love you, hey? Oh, buddy. I, I told him. He sent me a DM because he obviously was listening to the show and was talking about the weather off the top. says, uh, maybe some drizzle. But nothing significant mm. at uh, first pitch just after 1 o'clock. So I think we're good, CJ. Mm. That's good. That's Because I'm pumped to like not really work that hard this afternoon and watch the game. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah us what's, too. What, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll get to hockey in just a second. Let's just keep like, that between us. I said the quiet part out loud. Uh, yeah. okay. All right, Tim Peel, so, let's go. I, I just I just told you that at least one of our bosses maybe is listening, but yeah, no big deal. Um, all right, before we get to the hockey, what is the, the one thing you're most interested about this Blue Jays team this season? Mm, Vladdy. You know, I'm, I'm still a – I'm, I'm a big Vladdy guy, man. I, I went to his first game, uh, and it felt like an event at a time when, you know, the team had kind of lost its way. I know that he maybe hasn't totally delivered on the promise, but you know, he's having his, uh, he's gotten in shape. He had a big spring, his third season. I, I think that, I think Vladdy's going to have a big year, and and I'm I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, uh, I agree. 
in in fact, I'm uh, afraid of the alternate reality. No, that's not the case. Everyone's in on Vladi, and but here's the thing: as guys who are all in on Bitcoin, we're all also in on Vladi. So I would say that that bodes well for the future for all of us. Okay, we're all going to just be happy, rich Vladi fans. That's the way that I see the future. All right, that's the way that moon man, Vladi to the moon. Exactly. Okay. I feel great about Vlad Jr.'s prospects. You know what I don't feel great about? Uh, Where the Leafs are at in net right now. Jack Campbell played well last night, so I feel good about that. But it seems pretty obvious he's dealing with something and that there's a nagging injury that he needs rest with. And we're not really sure how much of a workload he can take on. And Elliot yesterday bringing up the Freddie Anderson thing again, there really doesn't seem to be all that much clarity about what's going on. But when you say hey, don't worry, he's not out for the season, that actually makes me feel extremely worried that he could be Nobody out for the season. Right, no that. one asked <laughs> you. No one, no one said that. We went from 10 days to out for the season. What, what are you hearing about what's going on with the Leafs goaltenders? And if it is very, very quiet, doesn't that give you a lot of pause for concern? Yeah, well, I think to address the out for the season talk, I think because a lot of people have said, well, why not just put him on long-term injured reserve? use, you know, his $5 million cap space, you know, that they can go above the cap if they, they were to do that right. and get in, get another goalie or maybe get an even more impactful player or what have you. You know, I think that's why that conversation has come up a little bit, you know, also because he played a game, what, I think it was March 19th, Friday, uh, so almost two weeks ago, and we haven't seen him since. Like, he hasn't been on the ice with the team. He hasn't been out of practice. Uh, last we heard, he hasn't skated. You know, he might have skated here in the last day or two since the, the team went on the road by himself. Uh, but, you know, he, he kind of disappeared. And so, you know, generally, no matter what the injury is, if, if a player doesn't skate for two weeks, especially goaltender, he's going to have to be on the ice for some period of time before we're even talking about him playing another game. And, and there's, what, five and a half weeks left in the season? Uh, yeah. So it's not, not a crazy conversation piece. Uh, hopefully we, we get the clarity after his appointment today, you know, which is what Sheldon Keith mentioned yesterday. As for Campbell, I think the reason you should be somewhat concerned is that no one knows. Right, it's that when he's played, he's played well, and but it's it's almost a day-to-day type of thing. Like he started three games in eight days after Anderson went down with his injury, and then he couldn't start the the game on Monday this week because they, you know, and, and Sheldon Keith said then we have to manage his workload, and and so I'd be nervous when you know they're talking about managing a workload because three games in eight days, even in a normal season, isn't a crazy workload for a goaltender, and in this type of season where the schedule is more compacted. You know, I think that's just normal. That, that's that's almost quiet, frankly, um, for, for what the Leafs have the rest of the way. And, you know, it really sounds like it's a day-to-day thing. Sometimes Jack feels good. He, he goes and plays a game, and it doesn't always come out of it feeling the best. And so um, they're, they're managing it. He's played really well when he's played, which is a good story. But, you know, I think everyone's got to hold their breath a little bit just to see how he, he's able to, to weather this workload and, and keep playing uh, because you're in the Michael Hutchinson situation after that. And, and really the Leafs, if they don't end up being able to use Freddie's salary for LTIR, they just don't have much cap space. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think they're trying to avoid devoting any cap space to another depth goaltender that they'd like to bolster that forward group. Yeah. You would like to see them bolster the forwards. You would probably, uh, I mean, certainly in an ideal situation, like to see them even upgrade the depth defenseman if this is the scenario that we're looking at here in, in ideals and yeah hearing Elliot say you know I think it was wait and see how things clear up before the deadline with the goalies hearing you speak on 
yeah, the the quiet nature of Jack Campbell's injury and knowing that this day-to-day thing, I'm assuming that if it's day-to-day now, it's going to be day-to-day all season. So if they do have to pull the doomsday scenario of use an asset to go out and get a goaltender, do we have any idea what that market could even look like? I Yes and no. I mean, look, there's a few goaltenders. The Carolina Hurricanes have said they'll move one of their goalies, Nadelkovic or, or Reimer. Uh, you have a few goaltenders on expiring contracts, like Linus Allmark and, and Buffalo, uh, Jonathan Bernier, although he's out with an injury right now in, in Detroit. Please no. Probably not. Um, not that one. Not I mean, let's but let's face it. More or less, we're not talking about anyone that's going to be a big headline grabber. Nope. Uh, and, and I think that that's, I mean, that's part of the, the argument not to do it, I think, is that, um, you know, totally depending on Freddie Anderson's situation. But, you know, if you have reason to believe that Anderson's going to be back to play in a week or two or three even, you know, I think you might just try to get through it because if Anderson can play, then you, your splitting starts with him and Campbell. I think the concern about Campbell's, you know, managing Campbell's uh, body is, is a little differently. If you have a goaltender, you're you're more than comfortable rolling out there with him. And, you know, I, th- I do think it's fair to say that that, Look, Frederick Anderson wasn't the same goalie last year or this year as he was his first three years in Toronto. But I do think, especially this season, if you look at the, the way his play trended, that it is tied to the fact he wasn't healthy. And so if he comes back healthy, you know, you might end up with a, a decent duo here. But look, it's, it is very, you know, someone asked Sheldon Keith yesterday, you know, do you feel like you're walking a tightrope a little bit? And he's like, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think that there's any hiding from it. The problem is, there's not an obvious goaltender to go trade for where you say, okay, that's a no-brainer. Use your cap space on that. Go do it. I mean, I think anyone they bring in, you're going to go like, eh, yeah. okay, but but not great. Well, isn't there a scenario where they just – can they get Jack Campbell back to 100% in the coming weeks if they just shut him down and run out Michael Hutchison there for weeks and weeks and weeks? And, yeah, maybe you lose – a number of games uh, and you fall out of first place in this North division. But JD and I've been talking about it for a couple of days now that it's like, we're pretty established that the Leafs have the best team in this division. Doesn't mean they're going to win two playoff series to get out of it. There's nothing left to prove. I don't think home ice advantage is all that important in this no fan season. Why wouldn't you just do that? Just try and do your damnedest to get both guys as healthy as possible. Or is it just a scenario where Jack Campbell, there's no clear route to that. And, and, and that's not what you can do. Yeah, I don't know that it comes with any guarantees, right? Like, they, they sat Jack Campbell for about three weeks from the end of February. He had to shut out in Edmonton, and then he played again March 20th. And I think the hope then was that they, they might have kept him out a little extra long to, to do that. And, he, you know, he made three starts, and then he had to take a game off Monday. But then he played last night, and I thought he played pretty well. So, you know, I, I suppose we could reach that point, but I, I don't think that that's their, their hope. And Look, they want to be playing well going into the playoffs. You know, they, they do want to win the division. I think they want to get the highest seed possible. You know, we don't yet know what the third round is going to look like, but if, if the Leafs make it to the third round and when you start playing the other conferences or the other divisions, rather, and a team from one of those divisions, it might actually be beneficial to have some home ice, depending on what the, the scenario is in that case. I mean, certainly they when they play an American team or whoever comes out of the North and plays an American team in the third round, I mean, that team will probably have fans. And so having home ice might might look a little different there. Um, you know, obviously we're dealing with even more unknowns than normal entering the stretch drive of this regular season. But I, I think it's it's reasonable aid. They just want the team's confidence to be in a good place to win as many games as you can to finish as high as you can in the standings. You know, I don't know that they're putting Campbell at any serious risk here. It's just that um, you know 
doesn't sound like he it's not like he needs surgery or something that they're putting off. I, I just think that he's he's sort of managing some discomfort with with his leg, and some days it feels good and some days it doesn't, and he's trying to battle through it and and. I think they're kind of have to make it up as they go a little bit because it, it all depends on, on what he tells them. It's it's nothing that you're going to see with an MRI or a, an X-ray necessarily. I still think the Leafs could stack wins if they went with Hutchinson in that because the team is that good. Yeah, I I, I, mean, I watched that first period last <laughs> night, and I know Winnipeg was a little flat, and they turned it around the second period, and that's no, the part of just good. the game. Yeah, Leafs exactly were damn good, and. Matthews looks healthy. My fears of his wrist being something that was worse than maybe we anticipated or being something similar to the Campbell scenario that you just outlined is uh, that's been getting better. He looks back to being just the, the monster that we were comparing to Connor McDavid earlier in the season. They're just kicking ass and you assume that they're still going to add something because, okay, you just painted the picture. What do you really need to keep all these assets for or do certain things when you have Michael Hutchison? And I assume that the dude they got from Columbus, at least in, and in case, right, that they could at least break glass in case of emergency. That's a depth piece that might be just as good as bringing in Jonathan Bernier for God's sakes if you're gonna if it's gonna come down to cap dollars I would just rather the Leafs did that scenario where they keep the guys that they have and they don't acquire a goaltender unless again it is doomsday Freddie Anderson's done for the season and he goes on LTIR in which case you don't have to worry about it anyways the right, and not sellers... every team wins a Stanley Cup with a 930 goaltender in there. Exactly. I mean, obviously, obviously that's nice. You, you would love to have that. No one would turn yeah. that down, but it doesn't mean that's the only path to ultimate success. Bingo. So I still believe they got to go out and get a forward. It's just the thing we've been saying forever. Go out and get somebody who can play in your top six because the Thornton thing, it seems pretty clear they understand now this guy is at best a, hell, sorry, at best a bottom – line winger at worst a healthy scratch in the playoffs the Galchenyuk thing has played out pretty well I would say to the point where it's at least a little murkier but still if you can go out and get somebody you go out and get somebody there really don't seem to be that many sellers I would say Columbus is now more and more of a seller they've got Felino. he's been he they're done they lost to Detroit two games in a row. They're donezo. If they're trying to if they're trying to talk themselves into things, they're nuts. If they can get something back for Felino, they should absolutely be doing it. I don't care if he's their captain. But yeah, do you have any idea about how this seller's market is starting to shape up? Is it starting to shape up, or are we still needing, like Ben said, maybe another week, another week and a half here before we actually have an idea? I think it's murkier than ever. Honestly, Oof. you know, two two weeks ago, I was sure Nashville was going to be one of the big sellers, and mm-hmm. what do they have six? six or seven wins in a row. I mean, they're, yeah. they, they've, they've, they've won enough games that it's not totally crazy for them to talk themselves into trying to make the playoffs again. And so, you know, with someone like Michael Granlin, who's a good example, and I do think it's someone that, that it's reasonable to tie to the Leafs. Like, he's on a one-year deal, but he might they might just keep him. Um, you know, there's, there's still going to be sellers, but Buffalo, I mean, what they're selling is expensive. And so, you know, to trade a Taylor Hall, it's it's just easier to do it closer to April 12th. The team has to have left cap room to to take him on. I mean, every day that passes, he's $100,000 cheaper or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, I, I would say that time has not helped it to this point. At some point, it's going to get to where teams have to make a decision or one way or the other, uh, and, and you're going to trade some players. And I think Vancouver is getting closer to being what we might call a seller, at least with some of their depth. Uh, forwards, uh, but but yeah, it's 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 a weird market. It's a weird year. I still think there's going to be trades, but it, it I don't think it's it's taken shape the way I would have guessed because 
unfortunately some teams have been stubborn and, and won a bunch of games and given their GM some some second thoughts. Jerks. Yeah, to me, Columbus has a minus twenty-four goal differential, and they're a game below five hundred. I don't. They, there's a team between them and there. They they should be sellers. We should have a pretty good understanding that they're going to be in it. But yeah, you're right. It it does feel a little strange. Here's the spin zone, though, CJ. If this does go the way that it's been going, where everybody's in this just pack, maybe we end up with a deadline day that feels a little bit more yeah. like the early two thousands, where everybody day. gets moved on the day. Not crazy, not crazy. Because again, you know, so many of the good teams have very little cap room, and so right. it makes sense for those teams to make the deal at the absolute latest possible date. You know, it doesn't on one hand because obviously it limits how many games that that player might play for you if he's a rental, but mm-hmm. it does from just fitting players in for the rest of the year. You know, also in, in the states, the quarantine issue is basically a non-issue in most cases, so that that. That isn't going to get there. I mean, and there's been almost no player movement all season. I mean, other than a few waiver claims and a couple of very minor trades and then one major trade, the, the Line A Dubois trade, you know, there, there's almost been no player movement anywhere in the league. And so, you know, I, I do think it's possible that, that that leads to a little pent-up demand. And, and I mean, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the, the deadline and, and nothing seems to be breaking yet. So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll have something to talk about on the 12th. That would be a, a welcome change from, from some previous years. So we have a market that hasn't materialized or solidified. We have still a seven-day quarantine for any player that's going to come up to Canada. We talked last time about the potential for the Leafs to be removing that top ass- that top asset, that top prospect from trade negotiations. Do you think we're there yet? Do you believe that the Leafs are still dangling a top prospect in order to add something or that that has now removed and the sights have lowered a little bit? I don't think it's removed. You know, I, I think that they understand how important the season is and how big of, you know, adding the right player could be to, to the group. Um, you know, as, you, as you've as you mentioned, they've been the best team in the North Division without that piece, and I think adding that piece could really uh, give Sheldon Keefe something else to, to work with. You know, I like as a coach how he moves things around. I just think giving him another player that you can move into the top six, put put other guys lower down, you know, maybe have Zach Hyman on the third line, although he's looking pretty good with the, the, the top line when he's been there. But, I you know, I, just giving him that option for different matchup situations and stuff I think is, is useful. So, you know, I'm, I'm confident, A, that the Leafs are going to look different up front, you know, on April 13th, maybe before, but, but certainly the day after the deadline. And, you know, I still think that they're willing to, to trade that asset if they have to. I mean, remember the pick that they, they drafted Rodian Amaroff with, um, you know, in the fall, the, the 15th overall pick. No, they were willing to move that pick at that time before even, you know, making yeah. a draft selection. They just didn't have a trade that made sense. You know, I, and I'm not identifying Amaroff as the player they're necessarily going to move, but, you know, they've been willing to move kind of the, from the top end of their prospect pool, I think, all along uh, because they're all in on trying to win now while they have their, their players under contract and, they, they know they have a good team. They just want to make it better. As they should. By the way, before you go, I'm just going to – do you want to stay on the line and have me read you the opening day lineup? Yes, please. Leading off, the $18 million man, Marcus Simeon. He's playing second base. Two-hole, Kevin Biggio, who's playing third. Bo Bichette hits third. Then it's Teoscar Hernandez. Five-hole, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Six, Lourdes Gurriel. Seven, Rowdy Telez. Eight, Randall Grichuk. Nine Danny Jansen. You got to remember that George Springer is going to be in there 
and then our boy is going to swap out Danny Jansen at some point, Alejandro Kirk. That is a terrifying lineup to look at. I, I'm i excited seeing that on paper. That looks amazing on paper, knowing that that's coming. It's enough to make me not worry as much about the pitching because they can just hit yes. their way out of trouble. On I feel days. way less. I feel way well, less worried after seeing that. I'll, I'll feel that way probably on Monday when they play the Rangers because, yeah, the Yankees lineup pretty similar. Yeah. But, yeah, 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 against most teams that aren't the Yankees, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you 100%. Uh, CJ, and the Yankees are in for trouble. Let me tell you, this is going to be yeah. a tough opening weekend for the Yanks. I am full of piss and vinegar. The Jays are going to be awesome this year. Great. I hope so. Love to hear it. Yeah, this is I won't text you during the TJ Zoic start. I won't. <laughs> Oh, uh, I actually have more hope for uh, Mr. Zoic uh, than I do Mr. Stripling on Saturday. But, yeah, no, yeah, excited.